Recovering from knee surgery is highly variable. It was going to take forever to get better if I was ever going to get better. There's got to be something out there besides a CPM machine, which and clearly isn't helping get me. Active and aggressive with this thing, or I was going to. Need you know, I'm a guy that's not looking to relieve the pain. I'm a guy that's looking to get back in the game. That downtime was not what I wanted. We've spent the last seven years perfecting the recovery system that takes variability out of knee rehab so you can quickly get back to your life. Welcome to The Bee's Knees, a podcast full of articles, interviews, clinical studies, and advice about knee surgery, physical therapy, and life after knee surgery. My name is PJ Ewing, and I am a recovery coach at X10 Therapy. I am in New York, although our company operates in a number of states. And we have a patient, a knee patient, Robert Douglas, with us. And the conversation today is really going to be about Robert's story, what was good, what was bad, what was difficult, what to look out for. Just coming right from you, Robert, you know, what, what, what your story is about your, your knee and how you ended up recovering. Um, so I guess before, you know, I start prattling on any further, why don't I just give the floor to you, and maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Sure. Um, uh, again, my name's Robert Douglas. Uh, I grew up in Wichita Falls, Texas. Uh, joined the Army National Guard at 18. Um, my primary purpose for doing that was to help pay for college. And so right out of that, I went to nursing, uh, nursing school. Met my wife at age 24. We got married and joined the Army right after that. Spent a little bit of time at Fort Carson, Colorado. Uh, was stationed at the top, uh, assigned to the Combat Support Hospital. And then after that, we moved to Fort Worth in 93, and it's been our home ever since. We have three daughters um, that have all finished college. Uh, a couple of them still has a, haven't left home yet, though. Um, what I do for work, my career is basically I work for a a skilled nursing and rehab company, um, and I basically write appeals for denied services by Medicare and insurance companies. Interesting. Uh, what I, you don't pra- do you practice as a nurse at this point? No, not really. I I just. I mean, the only thing I do for nursing is I read, you know, the medical records and make a determination based on the regulations to to see if I disagree with Medicare's decision to deny the, the, the skilled services. And if I do, then I'll, you know, basically write an appeal letter, a position statement, and outline why I think it makes regulations. So the nursing plays a pretty important role in what you do, though, that your, your practical nursing experience from the past. Practical nursing experience, and yeah, pretty much, because you just you have to think about all those things. And really, a lot of it is actually rehab, to be honest with you. Really? Um, yeah. So we, you know, I've learned quite a bit about rehab just by um, doing appeals, because a lot of the claims that are denied are, are rehab claims. And what is a more common cause for a, uh, a rejection of a claim? Is there one couple culprits? Yeah, yeah. The the number one culprit is uh, patients not making progress, and you know they'll deny a claim and say, you know, you kept this patient on an extra month, and during that entire month they they didn't make any progress at all. So that's probably the number one issue. But you know there are other factors that might take the skills of a therapist other than them showing true, you know, maybe they're needing to um, gain strength or maybe they're starting to regress some and they're trying to help them to, to, you know, stay with, stay where they're at at least. It, it, a lot of it's pretty numbers based, I would guess, in terms of progress. Yeah, it, it, it very much is. Well, we face that at X10 where we have um, workers' comp claims that come through and, you know, the companies have never heard of X10. So we have to go through some hoops to validate that we do what we do. And then we do with the data that comes from our device, we end up being able to show progress, pretty, pretty concrete progress. But I'm getting ahead of ourselves. So um, 
so you're do working with a lot of claims on a daily basis. Um, let's go talk a little bit then about your knee history, when the problems started, what you had to do about them. You ended up with the knee replacement and then uh, complications. Uh, do you want to tell us about that story a little bit? Yeah, wow. I mean, it's it's a pretty pretty interesting story. It's a, it's a tough story to even tell thinking about it. But I used to try to, try to go back um, maybe even, I don't know, seven, eight years ago, I, I wanted to start working out. So I started running. And I had, you know, through the time I was running, I'd have multiple meniscus tears. And, you know, I would go in and have a scope to have them cleaned out. And at, in, in really where my, the most, you know, where my trouble started with this was in September of 2016. I was playing flag football, and I ended up tearing my meniscus again, but I also tore the articular cartilage uh, that lined the surface of my femur bone. And so I had a scope in January of 2017 to clean that out, but it really wasn't doing well. I, I had a lot of pain still. And I talked to my surgeon about it, and he you know, just basically said, you're just going to have to live with it. So I went to another orthopedic surgeon and to get a second opinion. And he said, well, I basically agree with him, but we can give you a steroid injection if you want. And that was in February. So I said, sure, you know, why not? Couldn't hurt. Well, exactly 24 hours after I got the steroid injection, my knee just got swollen and stiff, and I really didn't know what was going on. Um, I thought it might have been uh, a cortisone reaction at first, so I thought, well, I'll give it a couple of days and see what happens. This was Friday when it swelled up, and so I just waited throughout the weekend, and it never got better. I went into the emergency room uh, on Monday. Um, this was the 20th of February, 2017. And told him, look, something's going on with my knee. I told him I had a steroid injection. 24 hours later, it got stiff. And, I mean, I, and what's interesting, PJ, is I went in. I really didn't even present with any sub outward symptoms that you could tell. I had a, I had a septic knee. Wow. And um, they were actually going to turn me away. I, my, my temperature was normal. My, my knee was not obviously swollen maybe a little bit it wasn't red it wasn't hot to touch and i said something's wrong i said just you know please do you know get some testing going so they did a um they did a you know the the did a cbc and an x-ray and they did a, a crp uh, and it was just a little bit elevated and they came back to me and said you know you just this little bit elevated your white blood count not really a lot, but the only way we're going to be able to tell is tap your knee. And so they did. And I mean, you could tell right away, they just they had a hard time pulling it out actually. So I spent a week in the hospital. I had two surgeries back to back to clean out my knee. And then out of the hospital, I was um, at home on IV medications and the, the therapist that came out basically told me there wasn't anything that he could do for me. So I was without therapy for six weeks and um, finally went to outpatient rehab after I got off the IV antibiotics. And I was, um, oh, the other thing about my knee is that the infection actually got into my femur. So I got osteomyelitis as well. Um, so I was just left my total knee, my knee was shredded. All the soft tissue was gone. I was bone to bone. Um, and I was just in a lot of pain. I could not walk. I had to, I had to buy a mobile wheelchair to get around. <clears throat> and after a septic knee, you have to wait so long to make sure it's totally eradicated before you can have a knee replacement. So it, it, the surgeon told me 12 months, but he said, you know, if you're good in, in eight months, we'll try to do it then. So, so in November of 2017, I had my, uh, initial TKR, a total knee replacement. And I had a tremendous amount of swelling, um, you know, back into, I actually went to a rehab hospital for the first week. And I just, 
from the very beginning had a, had a hard time really, you know, gaining any range of motion. And, you know, that really continued on uh, after I got home and went to outpatient rehab. And what I can tell you is that, you know, you can tell when you, you can tell if, if you're not getting motion because of tight tissue, but mine was, there was some kind of mechanical block that was going on. And so I kept talking to my surgeon about it, kept talking to my therapist about it. And I really didn't get anywhere. I didn't, you know, they, they, you know, I just told them it's, it, it won't go past that. It's something blocking it. And I could feel it whenever the therapist would press. I mean, they would muscle up on my, my, my leg pretty good. And just, it would just be excruciating pain. And it was like just bone pain. So I knew there was a mechanical block. So I finally, um, I finally went to, um, I, well, actually I was looking for options on the internet and, you know, what, what could I do? And I, I saw the X10. I thought, well, that might've been helpful. I don't know. I don't, you know, at, at the time I kind of looked into it and thought really it would be good. And I think I actually talked to you during that time, but I needed to get something done about the mechanical block before I could do anything. So I was left with at about 85 degrees flexion. Um, you know, I could, I could walk, but it was very limited. I had a lot of, a lot of pain still, you know, just walking. So my walking was just around the house, you know, more than anything. Um, you know, so I just, you know, really deteriorated. And my flexion my flexion was about 85 degrees. So I'd have a hard time, you know, getting up out of the chair or anything like that. Or even sitting for very long would be tough. So I finally found my uh, a surgeon uh, that was actually recommended to me by uh, one of the one of the therapists, uh, and they said, you know, check check him out. And so I did. I got in with him, and he, you know, he did a workup on me and looked at me and actually put his hands on me and tested me and said, you, know, you have a lot of instability in your knee. And, you know, he he didn't really know about the mechanical block. He couldn't really comment on that, but he said you definitely need a revision. And so um, he said, but we need to give it some time and let your knee calm down. I don't know why he said that. But. So the knee surgery, I had the knee surgery, uh, the revision in on October 3rd of this year. And so I, I basically, within 19 months, I think I counted PJ, I had five, five separate knee surgeries. Uh, within that time period. And, you know, so for close to two years, you know, I had a ton of scar tissue that had built up, uh, was left uh, with 85, 90 degrees flexion, and my muscles were severely, severely atrophied. And so um, that was kind of my starting point on October 3rd when I had my uh, revision done. Let's... Um... Let's pause there for a second then. First of all, my heart goes out to you. You did not expect this saga. Yeah. Uh, and that is really a journey with, with the 19 months and the five surgeries. Um, I'm going back to some of the things that you said. Firstly, uh, I'm interested in when you were in uh, the rehab hospital, um, how long were you there and what was the routine? What was the rehab program that you underwent um, when you had your first surgery? Yeah, I was there for only a week um, after, after I got out of the hospital. Um, the, the routine was they wanted you to come to therapy three times a day, and I think it was, it, you could describe it as a, as a pretty typical uh, rehab for knees, so they would get you in and kind of get you warmed up with doing, you know, a few exercises, get you on the bike. A little bit and then it would be you know them working on um, you know range of motion uh, with you doing you know active as much as you could and then they would you know they would they would press um, you know and try to get try to get more um, which honestly I mean I now and I, I really didn't even understand this at the time but um, 
I honestly believe that's part of the issue is that, you know, there are some therapists that just believe in being super aggressive and will, you know, really try to press your knee beyond where it really needs to be going at the time. And so, you know, that, that I think was a little bit of setback too. You know, we talk about that a lot in our company and we're, I think, allowed to say, espouse the view um, that we don't believe in no pain, no gain. Um, we have a device, this X10 machine, which we'll talk about, that allows you to recover without excessive pain. Not that you're not going to be in pain at all, but you know, you're able to moderate the pain and control the pain more. And so we talk a lot about uh, being able to get to your goals with patience, persistence, and the X10 machine. Um, and we hear uh, stories like this, which are, I was in PT and I was set back by overly aggressive PT. And I don't blame the physical therapist. I mean, there's a certain philosophy where, you know, and they've seen it themselves firsthand, where if they don't get aggressive, they're just never going to get results. But that can be counterproductive. And we've, we spent a lot of time studying and, and experiencing recoveries that never, you know, the patient never really had to go as far as a PT does. Uh, is that the view that you would uh, agree with? In terms I would of- absolutely agree with that 100%. Um, I know, you know, even even during this recovery, I mean, after really understanding that, I mean, you still, even personally, you, you want to make progress, you're driven, um, and, you know, you have to have a certain amount of patience. And even for yourself and your own, your own recovery method, you may want to take it a little bit further than what it should be taken. And, you know, you're going to regress. You're going to, you're going to put yourself back a little bit. And it's hard not to do, but I think, you know, there is a fine line between getting to the point to where you're, you know, making progress a little bit at a time and then overdoing it and ending up taking two or three steps backwards. It's really hard to know where that line is, too. That's the, the frustrating part. Even with a tool like the X10, you, you know, you've got to listen to your knee. And I, I, when I talk to patients about their recovery, it's um, take your brain, move it down into your knee, and look around. How does it feel? You know, keep, keep visiting your knee mentally to see how you're doing because – you're, you know, whether you're using this device or you're just recovering on your own, you, you have to be super in tune with what's going on down there. It takes a lot of focus. That is a great piece of advice. Yeah, it's because, uh, it, it, you know, it's, it's kind of annoying. So how are you doing? How do you feel? <laughs> you, you get asked that a lot you know, when you're doing recovery with a PT or with a, one of our coaches. It's, uh, you know, and you have to really think about, well, I don't know. How do I feel? I, I got to. Got to get in there and, and, and look around. Uh, yeah. Okay, so this 19 months ends with October 3rd and a surgery, a total knee replacement revision. Um, do you want to mention your surgeon and, and talk about uh, what you thought of him and how it worked out with your, your surgeon? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I found – I ended up finding um, – it ended up being – I told you it was a, a referral from one of the therapists and – so I looked into him, and uh, this particular surgeon, Robert Smith, he, um, he's part of a group that that's all they do are knees and hips. And they don't get into a lot of other things. So they do that, and they have a hospital that is set up for only hips and knees. And so the whole experience for me was really a lot different. Uh, than my first experience. I mean, they were uh, very meticulous and very methodical about every step of the process. And they were, you know, they really wanted you to be educated. Um, they, and one thing I think it, that is important as well in your post-recovery is, is, is prehab and working, you know, trying to work to gain some strength and uh, that sort of thing just is really, really important. So they, they really pushed that. Um, they, I had very little pain. And one of the differences is most of the, I don't know about most, but uh, before I just had general anesthesia, woke up to an incredible amount of pain. 
had to have a lot of pain medication. They actually do a spinal, and then they put a catheter in your leg to do um, a lo- uh, more of a local block um, every day that you're in the hospital. I, I didn't have to have that much pain medication. It was really quite amazing. The swelling was, it was, when I looked at my, I was in a brace for the whole two days that I was in, two or three days I was in the hospital. Um, but when they took the brace off, I looked at my knee, and I was like, this is, a, this is such a big difference from before to this revision. And I don't know if that just happens to be, because, you know, they're doing a little bit more drilling or whatever. But, you know, they had to cut my bone again, too. So not sure about that. But I had a lot less swelling. I did, I did virtually no bruising at all. So I'm super, super happy with, um, you know, how that turned out. And I think... Um, I what was the name of the practice surgery. for Dr. Schmidt? It's um, Texas Hip and Knees. And what hospital was it? It was, um, oh, goodness, I don't remember. I put you on the spot. The hospital. <laughs> you did, a little bit. I think it's, I might have to get back to you on that, but I, I think sure. it's Texas Health, um, I don't surgical center or something like that. I'll have to get okay. back to you. But all they do are hip and knees at this hospital. We'll do, uh, we'll put that in the show notes for this. So yeah. that's great. But it sounds like a, a real endorsement for that surgeon. I don't know of the surgeon Absolutely. other than through you. but um, And it, that's in Fort Worth? That's in Fort Worth, yeah. Yeah, okay, Fort Worth, Texas. Um, and then, so were you able to do much prehab? I really didn't, I'll be honest with you, but I do think that it did limit me some. Um, but um, I did walk uh, as much as he wanted me to walk as part of my rehab, prehab. And I did walk more, but I didn't, I didn't do probably as much as I should have. Well, your knee was super compromised also, so it it's was, not like it, it was, was easy to do. Um, yeah. You mentioned atrophy. How did that actually affect your life, that, that loss of muscle over those many months while you were waiting for this new surgery? Well, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I think it contributed a lot to the instability of my knee. Um, other than that, I don't, I don't really know because I was just in such a limited mobility uh, that I, I really couldn't do a ton. The knee was very – and this is one thing that he told me that uh, also that my PCL um, was very uh, deteriorated, and which caused some, some of the instability as well. So they, he actually put a post. He took the PCL out and put a post I don't know exactly how that works, but he put a post in the in the back part of the prosthesis uh, to help provide some stability for my knee. So I really don't know. I think I feel the, more of the impact now just because I feel the shortened quads, um, you know, and trying to stretch. And, you know, I think, it, you know, my knee is, is getting, you know, to where it's getting looser, but my quads are still pretty tight and it's hard to, you know, I fill it up in my quads quite a bit. So I think I'm going to notice it a, more on this side of things than I did before, just because I, I just wasn't using them. Right. Yeah, I think that you're in for, uh, I mean, I'm interested, and maybe we can talk again in six months, because it's going to be a strengthening uh, recovery for you. Uh, there's going to be a lot of work there needed. And you yeah, know, to absolutely. feel like you're back to your normal self. I know I didn't ask earlier, and I'm sure people are curious. What is your age? I'm 51. 51. Yeah. Yeah, it's young. Young for all this to happen. You know, right in the middle of everything. It's uh, it's a young age for all this. Yeah, um, it is. It's tough. But we are seeing no. more and more younger patients have total knee replacements for a variety of reasons. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You were. You're going to say no. Yeah, one of them is you know 51. Well, at the time it was 49. I think 48 going on 49. Um, you know, I was playing flag football, which I shouldn't have been doing. But I think it, you know, it just tells you. I mean, people are wanting to live a more active life now, and you know, yeah. I think there's a real surge for that. And I I ran, um, you know, until I had multiple scopes, and then I got on a bicycle and rode a, you know, just a road bike. 
and did that for exercise. I ended up loving the road. I didn't think I would going from running to a road bike, but I really enjoyed the road bike. And then I really missed it because, and I thought, you know, even if I could get like, even on a recumbent bike, if I could get to where I could just rotate and ride that, you know, I could use that, but I could, I could not turn over. I just couldn't turn over. I could go backwards in rotation, but it was very, very painful to do. So, I mean, I just, I just gave up on it, to be honest with you. It's one of the great recovery tools out there, the bike, stationary, really recumbent, even actually riding a bike outside. I mean, it's an amazing activity. Uh, we recently published an article on, on, the, on that subject, and with our program, you know, we feel like it's, a, it's the step after the X10 machine is in a home and mm-hmm. you're done with it, then, you know, the, hopeful, the hope is that you can transition to a bike um, and rotate uh, and keep using that tool for months afterwards to maintain range of motion. There can be a mm-hmm. little strengthening work if you do it right. Uh, High-intensity training can really help. Um, but the bike is just a great tool overall. It really is. It really is. Do you have a stationary bike then at home? Yeah, I have a um, – well, I bought a recumbent bike. Uh, yeah. I have a – yeah, I have a spin bike um, that, you know, I was using kind of to train whenever it was, you know, the winter time. So I had that, but I, I just couldn't get up on there, and it was just a little bit too difficult. But So I bought a recumbent bike for my – after my initial TKR, but like I said, I mean, I just – I never could get to where I didn't just have a ton of pain riding. You know, I couldn't go forwards at all, even with that terminal extension with my, um, you know, with my knees at terminal extension and my, even my toes kind of pointing forward. Um, I couldn't even, I could not go forward. I could go yeah. backwards a little bit, but it was just so painful. I just, I just couldn't do it for any, any length of time at all. And I think you mentioned um, range of motion in the was it in the 70s 75 oh it was uh no it was better than that it was 85 85 yeah yeah which doesn't allow you to ride a bike obviously so yeah yeah no okay so good we we caught up a little bit um thank you for all those answers the we're now at october 3rd and Mm -hmm. you were in the hospital for a couple days and then you went home is that what happened yeah, that's right. So okay. yeah, I, was, I went into the hospital Wednesday and came home Friday. And there you are at home, and you have, um, I don't remember, was the X10 delivered beforehand, or did you get it when you got home? Yeah, I got it uh, on Saturday, so it was the next day, which was probably better um, or good for me, I guess, because, I mean, when I got out of the hospital, I don't think I was ready to work on anything right then. So but the next morning it was delivered. All right, so we've referred to this X10, but I think people are like, what, the what, the who? <laughs> Can you describe the X10? What, what is it, in your own words? Well, the X10 is, a, is simply, I think, a machine that helps you gain your range of motion. Um, it's um, basically it's a chair that you sit in, and then there's a, a platform where you put your foot in the, on the platform, and it has rollers above your ankles uh, or at the bottom of your shin bone and then behind your uh, leg as well. And it just can passively take your leg through range of motion, through extension and through flexion. I hope that kind of described it pretty well. Sure. Um, Did you use it for strengthening at all or was it really just for range of motion in your case? Well, in my case, I, I, I thought about it. And I, well, actually, you know what, PJ, what, ha- what actually happened is initially I thought all I'm going to do is range of motion because in my mind I was thinking to myself, and I actually talked to uh, Trisha, one of the recovery coaches for X10 about it as well, and she gave me some feedback and agreed with me. But So I thought, you know, I know my muscles are atrophied, but, Honestly, if I try to work out my muscles right now, it's going to cause additional swelling that's going to limit me in gaining that range of motion. So for me, my biggest focus was on getting that range of motion. And in fact, my, my, um, 
I, I had home PT. The, the plan was to have home PT for four weeks. So they came on Tuesday, um, the following week after I got out of hospital, and they, you know, did the normal exercises, the quad sets, the, you know, the heel slides, the leg raises, all of that stuff. And after I had done like 15 sets of each, so not a ton uh, of work, but my leg just blew up. It just, it just blew up and it set me back. And I basically called the, called the surgeon's office and told him, you know, I, I just want to hold off on PT right now. So I held off on PT for close to two weeks and I focused on my range of motion only. And I think that really helped me. Wow. And what kind of progress did you see over those two weeks? Well, I, you know, the first day when I used it, I, I started out as at, at probably 80 degrees. Um, so, you know, I had, I was at 80, around 85 going into surgery. And then I was in a brace for two days for the whole time I was in the hospital. So I came out, I was pretty stiff. So I was, maybe I started at about 80 on the machine. And I would say within the first week, well, I know within the first week I, I was at 100. That's a lot of progress. And, I mean, you we, know, we, talk, we talk about, you know, uh, two to three degrees a day. And I guess if I added it up, it probably matches that a little bit. The, the, the gains get harder as you go further, right? But at the oh, beginning, oh, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. And that 105 mark, uh, I'll be honest, that's when I kind of hit a wall. Um, and when I hit that, and and one of the things about the X10 that, that, that the coaches really reinforced is just to really listen to your knee, take it easy, take it slow. You know, maybe if you can get one degree a time, you know, at each session, that, that would be great. Um, but listen to your body and course you know this is what i was talking about earlier you're you're excited and you're feeling good and so i hit 103 and i was feeling great and so i thought well you know i'm gonna go and i was feeling good i was on the machine i got to one 103 i was feeling good i was like you know what i, I think i can get that extra degree and then, so i did that worked it a little bit and i thought you know what i think i can get that 105 and i did that so i, I got two degrees at that one time and my knee blew up and it really set me back. So I think that's, you know, an important thing and just making sure that you just take things really easy. You may be feeling good, but you got to really listen to it. And you're right. That fine. There's such a fine line. So it really it set me back for maybe a day, but what I found was if I just take it easy. So I backed off for the next day. I just backed off and I, I think I thought, well, you know, if I could get back to that 103 at least. And so I did that basically for the two or three sessions that I did that day and didn't try to push it and made sure I rested a lot. And then the next day, okay, now I'm back at the hundred, you know, I'm back at the 105 and can kind of start to move forward but yeah you know you got to remember that i'm starting at 85 so i'm starting to tear into that old scar tissue at this point you know and uh, the deeper i go the more that i'm really breaking up that old scar tissue that was there my surgeon told me when out of right out of surgery he said we did cut out some scar tissue but he said you have a lot of scar tissue so he told me you know he, he really felt like i'd get back to where i was pretty quickly he said but you couldn't expect to get to 105 maybe max um in in three to five months he said I, i'd like for you to be able to clear stairs easily walk up and down stairs but you know be able to walk and that sort of thing for exercise but so that's where he was hoping i would be at three to six months wow well and i if I can go into the brain of the surgeon, which I'm not qualified to do, everybody, um, but I can pretend, right? And I can imagine mm -hmm. that he's thinking about all of these procedures that you've had in that knee uh, for years and years, uh, the injury, but, you know, the things that happened all along the way. And that just every one of those invasive surgeries causes more, more growth in there. And it just it's, it becomes uh, gnarly, if you will. 
So yeah, I'm sure that's what and he, he was thinking. Yeah, and he saw it, you know. I mean, it's not even just thinking about it, right? I mean, he, like, looked at it and out of surgery was like, you have a lot of scar tissue. So he was, you know, he said we did get some of it out, but there was just a ton in there. And so, you know, 105, you know, would be good. And I was thinking in my mind, I was thinking, well, that, that just doesn't sound promising. I mean, it was good. And I, I thought, well, you know, if I can get to 105 and can walk without pain, I mean, you know what, that's going, that's great. I mean, I, I can, I can live with that. And even at 105, I mean, I might have to, you know, push the seat back a little bit to ride a bike, but I can, I could ride a, a recumbent bike maybe for some exercise. So that was, you know, that was okay. I, I could live with that. I was hoping maybe closer to 110, but, 105 would have been for me after all I've been through. So you did that 105 in, did you say within a week or 10 days? It was it was about a week, yeah. About a week. What happened after that? Well, what happened after that is, I, like I said, I just, I really hit a wall. Um, and, you know, I would, what I would really focus on every day is, to not give up what I gained. At least don't do that. He told me I'd be at 105. Here I am at 105. So if I don't give that up, you know, I've, I've, I've met his goal at least. And so I would focus on that. And lo and behold, after working it for a day and then the next day, you know, just trying to take it easy, you know, I'd feel a little bit looser. And I'm like, you know what? I think I can make 106. And so I'd give it a shot and, Sure enough, there's there's 106. Um, you know, I'd be a little bit tight, but I'd work that. And so, you know, periodically, you know, I would I would go with 106 one day and maybe get 107 the next day. And then, you know, here I am again. And you 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 have we have short memories, I think, because we're so driven and we want to make that progress. And so, you know, here I go again. So I'm at 107. So I'm thinking you know what, it's feeling pretty good today. Let's, let's go from 107 to 110 in one setting. <laughs> and so there I go. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going regressing again. So I'd have to give it a day or two, you know, that sort of thing, and um, let it calm down and get back to, you know. But I would just, like I said, kind of stay focused on, well, let me get back to where I was at at least let it calm down and then see if we can make progress. And so little by little, you know, I was able to, to, to get it back. I will say, though, from 110, and I'll just go ahead and tell you, I mean, um, I, I, I maxed out at 123 uh, degrees. And, but from 110 to 123, it's still, you know, it's still pretty tight. Uh, I usually will warm it up with the bike a little bit first, maybe for five minutes. Oh, and, you know, I know you're probably going to get into this, but I can, you know, I can ride a bike now. And so, you know, I'll warm it up on the bike for maybe five minutes. And so, and I'll get on and I may can start at, you know, 110 to 115, kind of depending on the time of the day. Early mornings, it's going to be a little bit stiffer, but I'll start out at 110, uh, 115, something like that. And, you know, just slowly work it back through the, um, but it's still pretty stiff from probably, um, you know, probably 110, 115 to, to that 123. But I think the thing for me that I know is that it can get there. And I think keep working it and keep, you know, just slowly. I think it's already kind of already broken there. It's already gotten to that place. Uh, and so I know that over time, if I just keep working, keep riding that bike, um, keep moving the seat up, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I feel like that I'm going to end up in a very good place. Uh, so if I end up even at, say, 115, uh, that's 10 degrees over. I can ride a bike very easily. Uh, I think coming from 85 degrees to 115 degrees is tremendous progress and more than what I had anticipated and certainly more than my surgeon anticipated. Yeah, you know, the surgeon's opinion has carries such weight. And I've seen this happen in a number of cases, more than a number, a lot of cases, where the surgeon has said, well, I don't know, we can only get you to 105. And, and on the X10, we end up at a much larger number. 
and it's always exciting to think that we yeah, can, yeah. you know. But it's not, it's not just this device. The device is a machine. It's a tool. You've got a coach. Okay, good, good, good. It's you, Robert. Mm-hmm. It's everyone who's listening to this can hear your dedication. You threw yourself at this. After 19 months, you are not going to let this thing get you. And it's, uh, it, this is a testament to your work ethic, um, getting your knee back. I mean, I, I love this machine. I love what it does. It, coaching is great. And, you know, it it's allows you to, you know, find those, those lines and work those angles very, very carefully and try not to overdo it. But it's, it's you thinking this through so well. And, and so I, I just, my hat is off to you. On this. Well, you know, PJ, I mean, I'll be very honest with you. Um, I mean, for nearly two years, I lived in a very dark place, you know. I mean, you go from playing flag football to barely being able to get around the house, a year of that in a mobile scooter, another year, you know, just enough to make it to the kitchen and get a cup of coffee. And, you know, with the – and I did, I, will, I, I looked at the X10. Like I said, I talked to you even back in January before I even met the new surgeon. I didn't know what was going to happen. But, you know, you, you look at it, and, and I would encourage people out there, if you don't know what the X10 is, look it up and look, read about it, research about it, because what it gave me was hope. And... Without that hope, I couldn't have, I couldn't have, I couldn't have done what I've done. And so the surgeon was a big part of that. And the X10 was a big part of that. So I had hope. It, it's what, it, it really is what drove me. Um, but I will say, too, even, even during the time, there's for people out there that have gone through, you know, multiple surgeries and you're wondering, you know, if, things can be possible. I think they can, but I think even during the time where you're thinking, okay, I'm getting a reset. I have this great machine. There are still going to be dark days and you have to, you have to keep pressing in. And, you know, I, I kind of laughed about, you know, getting to, you know, like I went from 103 to 105, you know, and my knee blew up. Well, you know, I didn't know, was that going to be the end? You know, was that it? Would I make any more progress? So there, there, those are those, those are still going to be dark days in between while you're making progress, and it's slow and it's tedious. But I think it's important that you do, like you said, listen to your body. Don't push it too far, and don't, don't, don't give up. Uh, I just have to tell you, Robert, we make you know marketing materials we do lots of interviews and um, we show the recovery stories and they're happy occasions and they're wonderful and you know uh, you know almost all of our patients just you know nail it one way or the other but what they don't hear is what you just said and that is that there are dark days and you got to get through those and don't give up faith uh, lose hope and uh, and I've got patients right now who are in that sticky spot, that 103 to 105, and then they just can't get past it, and they're concerned, and you know, and your words are so important because they all get there, but you know, it's very emotional. It's a very emotional journey. Okay. You really do think, shoot, doctor said 105, you know, and there you were saying, shoot, I guess that's it. I mean, I I'll, do I even dare think about 106? And right. you decided to think about it, and you started to feel 106, and lo and behold, as you said, 106. And, and, and that was a, a few weeks ago, two or three. I mean, we're about almost five weeks uh, post-surgery. Yeah. I guess we are right about a little bit five over. weeks, yeah. four, four to five, right? Yeah, five weeks. Uh, right, so this wasn't that long ago. This happened yeah. to you, and, but yet you, you, know, you, you had the confidence in your coach and the machine and your, yourself and, you know, you've sort of, in, in a lot of ways, proven the surgeon wrong, and, and, which is wonderful. <laughs> in this right. Case. And I think for me, too, PJ, Trish, Trisha, my, my recovery coach, and I, I think she really played a big role in, and I think this is where the recovery coach really came 
for me personally, I think this is what Trisha did for me, is because I was thinking, you know, maybe if I could get to 110 after another week of this, you know, and, you know, she would tell me stories uh, about, you know, other people getting, getting, you know, more. Um, and, you know, because I was kind of like ready to give up a little bit and ready to kind of consign myself to that 105. Maybe if I could get to 110, that'd be great. And so, you know, she didn't push me, you know, she didn't, she didn't want me to go further than what I could, but she wanted to make sure I knew where that window, where, where I knew where that stopping point was. And she did a great job of balancing that with take it easy, make sure there's a great balance between rest and pushing yourself, but make sure you know where, you know, where, you, where your true wall is. Wow. I, I'm, uh, you know, I, I think uh, there's a community that we build with our tools, our Facebook, our email series, the, the coaching. Um, but I, I, I see patients helping patients with increasing frequency. Uh, I see them helping each other in our private chat groups. And I, um, there have been phone calls from patients to help other patients. And, you know, what you're doing with this podcast, this recording, which is all brand new to us, but is um, incredibly beneficial for so many people. I, I'm anxious for lots of people to hear this, particularly those who are maybe going through a tough recovery after the fact um, or just, you know, don't know where to turn. I mean, there's hope, as you say. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I had, after, after the initial TKR, I, I really did just give up I, I didn't give up but I did in a way honestly I mean I, I prayed and I know a lot of your listeners may not pray or believe in that and that's fine but for me I do and so I prayed and asked God for help and I believe he did two things for me number one he gave me a great surgeon and number two he led me to this because uh, PJ Atkins and I know you said this is not a commercial and this is not anything like that but I don't know how I would have made this progress without the X10 and I think part of the reason why is because I think it's the design of the machine I think one of the things is I think sitting up sitting and getting that range of motion in a sitting position is really the best versus maybe lying on your stomach and pushing your leg up uh, so I think that the whole design of it, but I think the other thing too is that um, the range of motion that you get is very, very controlled and it's very, very precise. It's not any more than you need it to be. And when you're with a therapist, unless you really tell them, they don't know where that real stopping point is if you're in a ton of pain. And so they're just going to keep pressing until maybe you come screaming off the table. But this, you can make that little pro and you can make those very incremental, decisive changes in how far you go back. It's very precise. And so I think that's a big reason why uh, the X10 for me, I think was, was really helped me through my recovery because it was so precise. That's wonderful to hear. And I, I really appreciate your comments about that. And, and as you said, we're not trying to make commercials here. We're trying to help people with or without this X10 machine. Um, you know, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of needs, a lot of different conditions. And, uh, you know, this is a, 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 a tool, a solution for many. Um, this has been really great. Is there anything else that you would want to pass it, uh, pass it on, pay forward, whatever, to future knee patients? Um, you've said so much, but I, I want to leave a, an open end here for you to uh, share any other nuggets that you've got. Yeah, I think the, all I did, we have talked a lo- about a lot, and I think all the points I wanted to make. Um, but I think if there's any one thing, you know, it all starts with your surgeon. Make sure you get a good surgeon. That's it, really, PJ. Thank you yeah. for the time. I appreciate it. Oh, this has been so great. Thank you um, for the your time. And I, I uh, you've still got the X10 for a few more days, I know. So <laughs> yeah, keep rocking with that thing. I am. 
And uh, what is your plan when the machine's gone? Well, I'm in outpatient uh, surgery right now. And actually, you know, the one thing we didn't talk about. So now I'm actually able to start building my strength. And I'm with a great therapist now that's still taking it easy with my joint, but we are starting to work on uh, muscle strengthening. And so um, I think, and one of the things I think I told you, I, I was like, you know, it's still kind of stiff from that maybe 110 to 115 to that 123. So I think there is a device out there that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use maybe to try to help me maintain that at least. And so I'm going to use that. We talked about it. Um, but I think the biggest thing for me is really the bike. I think you said that. And I think yeah. just keep moving up. So I've, I've kind of gone up several notches on the machine, on the, on the bike. And so I think just keep moving up, just if nothing else, just to maintain that range of motion. I'd so like to, to be a big part of that. I'd like to catch up with you in six months. Um, Maybe we can yeah. do another conversation like this and just to see, yeah. see how things have gone because you're not done. It's been four, four and a half, five weeks. So there's a lot more in your future to continue your recovery. I I'm all the, have all the confidence in the world that you're going to get there. But I think a lot of people might want to know how you did, you know, to maintain it and yeah. put this really in your past. Yeah, exactly. I'd, I'd love to do it. I am definitely committed to it in the process and like I said I think for me the biggest the biggest thing now is like I feel like I've kind of gotten that range of motion I need to maintain it I know I need to do that um but um but now I can start on that um muscle you know, or gaining strength excuse me but yeah I'd be glad to catch up with you and I hope in six months I can tell you hey I have I can I have full range of motion Right. Well, that's, that's a, another journey for you, and uh, it will take months. But yeah. I think everybody listening is, gonna, is believing in you, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll be excited to hear a, a report. Let's do it uh, maybe February, March. Let's see how you're doing when, when we get to that point, maybe April. That's, that sounds good. All right. Hey, thanks, well, thank you again. This has been just amazing, Robert. Yeah, for me too. So I appreciate the time. I'm Dr. Justin Trosclair, host of two-time podcast awards nominated A Doctor's Perspective podcast. I interview doctors in and out of my profession about their specialties and the occasional non-doctor special guests. But we also go behind the curtain and see what's working for their marketing, overcoming struggles, practical knowledge, book choices, and relationship advice. Join me on any podcast app on your phone or visit adoctorsperspective.net for the show notes pages and free resources. I want you to have an abundant home life as well as a thriving practice. So come on, take a listen. To learn more, visit x10therapy.com, 1-855-910-5633. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review our podcast. It helps people find us. X10, back to full strength.